Welcome to GB Mag Chats. GB Mag Chats. Where international students get answers. Hi everyone, welcome to GB Mag Chats, where we answer all the real questions international students have about living and studying in the UK. I'm Sophie, your host, and today we have Olivia joining us to discuss culture shock. Olivia, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. So uh, my name is Olivia. I am from Alabama, USA, and I studied abroad in Stirling, Scotland in 2019 and have wanted to go back ever since I left. I don't blame you. It's beautiful. It is. <laughs> um, so Olivia and I will be discussing culture shock, which you may or may not have heard of as a term. Um, basically, we'll be covering what, what on earth is culture shock if you haven't heard of it and what does it mean in real terms when you make the big move to come and study abroad. So let's start by sort of talking about what is culture shock. Olivia, I don't know when you had your first experience of it firsthand. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Sure. So my first experience with culture shock was when I rode my first bus in Scotland, um, where I'm from. We don't really have public transportation, or at least it's not as um, widely used. So I was already nervous about navigating the buses. And I go, I got out a few pounds out of my wallet and I was ready to pay. Um, I wasn't quite sure of the price. So I asked the bus driver how much it was. And he replied, and I couldn't even begin to pretend that I knew what he said. So I asked him to repeat again. And again, I was confused and I was like, oh no, it's that third um you know when you're just like this is not going well and he said it again i still look confused um and so then he just got so frustrated with me that he, he just pointed to a seat and was just like sit down and so i got a free bus ride out of that but i um definitely did google how much the bus was after that so i would not have that uh situation happen again <laughs> but you know it's fair it's fair and, and you know i got used to the accent after a few days so <laughs> yeah i was gonna say to you was that more to do with the accent or the money right, or both? I right. <laughs> just a bit of all of it right it, i was yeah. you know my first few days in scotland so i was um equally as excited as i was overwhelmed but mm. uh definitely learned from that experience to kind of have an idea of what i'm getting myself into before i go to the bus yeah better to have that earlier on and then know what not to do right right <laughs> so what 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 other things were there obviously the bus and public transport in more generally but there must have been millions of other things when you first arrived right and then like you said it's absolutely about the thing the little silly things that you kind of feel a little bit embarrassed to ask the question um for me one of them was just which side of the sidewalk do you walk on because in the us it's kind of a universal known thing that you walk on the side of the street that you drive on it's just everyone kind of silently obeys this rule um, but in scotland it was just willy-nilly wherever and that's not really a big deal but i just remember being shocked that everyone was just kind of you know merging through each other walking down the halls and i was like why is there no order to this so that was a bit of um, a shock i guess you could say as silly as it may sound um that was something that i definitely noticed to be different <laughs> another yeah, one not, not silly at all i don't think i even knew that like i've been to the us once but i i never even thought about that i was like that, yeah that makes so much more sense why don't we have it regimented like it's just so funny yeah it's just one of those things you don't really think about until it's like you said until it's different and then you definitely notice it yeah it's it's just a free-for-all on our pavements definitely right <laughs> especially in london you're more likely to get shoved out the way 
<laughs> right. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. A bit more aggressive. <laughs> Great. So from everyday life um, to student life, we'll start with the academic side of student life because I'm sure you have a whole host of things you want to say about yes. that. Um, right. Did you did you study um, at all? Did did you study in the US before you studied here? And what were the differences? Yes, so I was um, a good bit through my bachelor's degree in the US. So I went abroad um, in my spring semester of my junior year. Uh, so of my third year, which is that's a culture difference there is that in the US, we call it um, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, and it's yeah. like first, second, third, fourth. Um, so yes, I had a good idea of what the US was like. And when I got to Scotland, I was very shocked at the education system differences, but it turned out to be great. Uh, but yeah, the first couple of weeks definitely took a little bit of an adjustment period just because it was far less of a workload weekly, at least. Um, I was very used to having weekly exams, weekly papers, even um, tests every week in different classes. I was always preparing for some sort of exam or uh, report. But in Scotland, we only really had kind of a midterm project, it was a group project, and then uh, end of semester essay. And I just couldn't bear that at first. I could not digest this because I would just be walking around campus and be like, what are people doing right now? We don't even have anything to do. I was like, why are people in the library? I was just kind of like, am I missing something here? <laughs> because I just feel like I have so much more free time. But then I found out that free time is placed with reading and kind of getting yourself um, well-rounded with the information in class. And so once I kind of got that and understood the flow, I fell in love with that type of education because I just felt like I could sit with the material longer and really get that ingrained in me and I could talk about it um, a lot better and I could write about it a lot better because I just had a more well-rounded idea of what everything was about so I really enjoyed that. That's so interesting it's a really interesting perspective because I know in the UK um, the jump from A level A levels or sixth form to university study that's a big difference is that it's mm. it's independent study and right. you've never really you, you do a little bit of it at a level you kind of ease in from one to the other but that is definitely i'd say the defining thing about university level is a lot of right. it is on you it's it's mm -hmm. how you get out of it what you put in but it's exactly. really interesting to hear you say that that's the difference even between uk mm. and us universities yes. i wouldn't have i wouldn't have known that or thought that so it's, right. it's also good to hear you say you fell in love with it because i think oh yeah it's such it is a nice way to learn it it, it requires a lot of discipline right <laughs> nice yeah I think if you if you love what you study it's it's a pretty easy thing to fall into if you can you know get in that groove and another thing kind of adding on to that is that we had um, lectures and seminars so the lectures were kind of you know hundreds of students in there with the main professor and you kind of had your big chunk of information given to you then and you know your note taking and then in the seminars is smaller groups maybe 20 people and you kind of got to talk with i guess like a teaching assistant of sorts maybe like a grad student or someone that kind of led group discussions and like um kind of provoked thoughts on the things you had learned that week and i just thought that was a wonderful thing too because in the us you really only get two lectures and you're kind of meant if you want to talk about what you learned you're meant to just 
you know, kind of get together your own study groups. And even those are a little bit less productive because it's just the students there with no one to kind of, you know, keep you in order. So I really thought that was a great thing as well, as far as just kind of keeping you on track and making sure that you can talk about what you learned. Cause I think that's such a huge part of the learning process. You can find so many gaps in, um, in your education when you can speak about the things you've learned rather than just maybe write or, you know, quiz yourself a bit. Gosh, absolutely. And I think it's, it, it is quite a British um, sort of image, isn't it? Of, I think it, go, it, go, it goes a long way back of, you know, academics going to their lectures, studying, but then they do the rest of their learning around the table or in the pub even, in, right. in Britain's case. It's because it's those discussions, isn't it? It's the discussions mm. that you have amongst your peers. You, the learning doesn't stop in the classroom, definitely. And I think yeah. that's, it's really nice to hear that was one of the things, your key observations, because it's, it's mm -hmm. so true. Um, right. But we don't really think about it, I suppose. We just take it for granted. <laughs> right. Yeah. I loved it. I definitely, definitely am a fan of that type of education system. It's definitely for me, it really yeah. fit my learning style. Oh, that's so good. You must have yeah. got so much out of that as well. Yes, definitely. So on the note of a work-life balance as a student, from the academic side of student life onto the leisure side, what were the things, those sort of stark contrasts that you mm -hmm. found um, with UK universities? Yes. So the first one, I'm smiling already because I was just, you know, in our orientation for the international students, <laughs> they, they did take a moment to um, kind of acknowledge the American students, you know, not to party too much or go crazy while we were on campus. But then I was shocked when I found out there was a pub on the campus. I was shocked because oh, wow. in, in, in the US university, we, we're not allowed to have alcohol on campus, even at sports events like football games, which are a big deal. Oh, you're not really? meant to drink. Yeah, it's a very big deal. It's very, you know, against the rules. And so when I got to Scotland and there was a pub on campus, I was just, that was a bit of a shocking moment for me because I was just thinking, this is against everything I've ever learned. I can't believe that this is happening, but it was wonderful. The pub on campus was again, a very leisurely place to go. They had um, karaoke nights on Tuesday, which I was always there for that one. Um, and a lot of other events, maybe, um, throughout this the semester and that was a kind of a, a meeting place for a lot of me and my friends you know we would meet up and hang out in the pub and then maybe head out on the town at night or just stay there all night it was just kind of a really good spot for students to go and just kind of you know relax a bit I think that's a really nice thing about campus universities actually because um for our listeners who don't know or haven't come to university here yet there's campus and non-campus universities in the UK. Um, and so the campus ones, it's where sort of everything is all in one place. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, there's definitely pros and cons to both, but that is a really nice element of campus university life mm -hmm. is you, you have your own little community, don't you? And right, right. on campus pub is a big part of that, whether it's sometimes it's your student union bar, sometimes, as you say, it's, it's a pub on campus. But yeah, I can imagine that must have been quite the shock if that was... Yeah not the case at home right. and is that because in the us a lot of students who have started university aren't 21 yet presumably right exactly so right. you know you start university at 18 drinking age is 21 so there's a few years so i guess yeah. just to avoid any sticky situations they just completely cut it out in general um and yeah so no access to anything like that we don't really have and i don't know that there's really any universities that I know of in the US that have 
kind of areas for students just to go and hang out like that. Really? We do have, we have a um, student kind of, I forget what it's called, like a student hall of sorts, but it's just where the food court is. And so, you know, you don't really want to be there all day, every day. It's not really um, a place that people do go just to sit and chat. So you'll find that a lot of times the library kind of becomes the social hour in the U.S., kind of the place oh, wow. where people talk, the first floor at least. Um, so, yeah, I, I really appreciated that. Um, in the UK, at least at the University of Sterling, there were places like that where you could kind of separate your student life, your, you know, your working bits, your studying from your fun and social life, um, you know, Absolutely. different kind of, yeah, divides there. And one other thing that popped into my head is that the University of Sterling also had a movie theater on campus. Oh, so wow. that, yeah, it was a wonderful um, kind of thing. They had discounted tickets for students. So that was another thing I would do whenever it rained, or, you know, couldn't really get out um, mm. on the weekend. I would just pop into the theater and watch a film. And that was a really fun way to kind of, you know, unwind on the weekend as well. That's so lovely. That's a really, yeah. it's a really nice idea. And I think that's it. There's a lot of um, organization around student spare time isn't there in right well, most of the UK, UK universities I've well been to myself and visited I mm -hmm. think that, that there's a there's a lot of activities which are right you know for your spare time speaking exactly. of which a big one of um, UK university life is freshers week which is yes. quite funny actually because you said earlier we have like freshman year and we totally stole that word right yeah <laughs> we might call them freshmen but freshers week has stuck yes um, right did you do the whole freshers week thing or was that not the point when you arrived right so for me we didn't have a proper freshers week because it was the spring um term so they didn't really do it the same way they do the freshers week in the fall but we did have a few days where they kind of did a mini freshers week for us and that included one of the things was uh they had like a you know discounted tickets to the food bar downtown so they kind of had a night at, at the um, foo bar where people would go and just hang out. And that was really fun. I must say the music though, the music was something that shocked me. <laughs> it's very different. The music in the clubs, maybe at least the ones I went to, which was very few. So maybe my opinion is not um, super researched here, but the music was just very different and completely different um, environment was set by that. It was kind of more like in my mind, older like pop songs and oh, in I was the u.s say, i was like good yeah. different or bad yeah. different? right no not really good or bad just different i don't know so that was something that like me and and if i had i had a few other american friends canadian friends and we were just kind of like this music is definitely a different tone so i would love to know if someone from the uk went some out in the u.s if yet they noticed a difference in the songs and the the kind of yeah. the the vibe if you will of the whole thing um according to the music that was that was something that i was like okay this is different interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely yeah um, but yeah i definitely didn't really um get the full freshers experience I, so i'm kind of sad about that but i am looking to go back for my master's which i don't know that they do freshers for masters do they now because you're meant to be a little more sophisticated i guess i at that think point. you can make make your own right I mean, exactly you should you can never <laughs> stop having fun in life so exactly you know, you're never maybe. too sophisticated for a <laughs> right so we'll see we'll see if i get a little bit um more of that next time around <laughs> 
I mean, that brings us quite nicely onto, I'd say the, the biggest one we get, obviously, when we talk about culture shock, uh, mm-hmm. being a student in the UK is obviously the British drinking culture. Oh, right. I'm not sure if it's a good thing that we're known for yeah. it, but you know, and so right. the same with um, England or Scotland or Northern mm-hmm. Ireland, I think it's sort of generally right. one that, we, that crops up a lot. Is that something that struck you when you first arrived? To be honest, um, you know, there are always those people that live on the extremes that yeah. are anywhere in the world. But in general, I kind of thought that the British drinking culture was a bit nicer because it's just a bit more steady. It's just a bit more, you know, less about, you know, going crazy and more just about enjoying your night, having a good laugh. Um, yeah. And whereas in the US and maybe other areas, I don't know. Um, but for me, it's kind of like when you're drinking, you were there to drink. That is your goal for the night. And you're meant yeah. to go, you know, as crazy as you can. But I really liked that British drinking culture was just more about kind of hanging around at a pub or hanging out with your friends and having a, you know, beer or two, something like this. And it was just a lot more, you know, uh calm and relaxed yeah. uh, so I enjoyed that that's interesting and um it's it's nice to hear that actually because you're right I think obviously it's a sort of tongue-in-cheek reputation thing but it mm-hmm. is you're right it's probably more just more casual like going it's going to right. the pub isn't it? it's going for yeah. a pint or two right drained and especially mm-hmm. I guess as, as we've said students coming in from the U.S probably haven't been able to drink legally because obviously the right. is different here so I exactly. think a lot of students by the time they come to university in the UK they've already you know been legally allowed to drink before they've arrived right. so maybe that's exactly. another reason why it's a yeah bit <laughs> they've right you're not to do exactly it. <laughs> yeah definitely that's a good point for sure you're not as restrained you can kind of experiment first and, and find your niche and then kind of go from there you don't have to hold back and go crazy once you have the opportunity exactly yeah <laughs> So obviously, um, hopefully Brits are known for other pastimes, not just based around alcohol. Um, were there other hobbies and clubs and things you took part in when you when you were here that were quite British specific or not? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so absolutely. Definitely. The drinking culture was like a very small bit of the, the whole experience when I was in Scotland. One of my most notable and most enjoyable was joining the mountaineering club. That was wow. so much fun. I mean, we do hiking a lot in the US and, you know, at least for me, it was more just kind of like, oh, you know, do you guys feel like going for a hike tomorrow? Let's just, you know, go for a little stroll. Um, but this mountaineering club, they called it hill walking, which to me was like, oh, a walk. Easy. Okay. I got this. No, no, no. I showed up to this event and we got there very early, maybe 7 a.m. And we did not walk up a mountain, we climbed up a mountain. (laughs) It was so, it was so difficult physically for me, but I really loved it. It was, I mean, you know, because when you do those types of things, when you get to the top, you just forget about all the struggle and you just, it's just beautiful. And Scotland has some of the most beautiful landscapes you could ever imagine. So I found myself a lot of times doing um, some of the mountaineering club events because I just loved it. And also that was one of my main ways of kind of making Scottish friends because Mm -hmm. in a lot of other areas of my university time, I was with international students. My flat was all international students. My classes were somehow a lot of international students. So for me, this was a really great spot for me to kind of get immersed in the Scottish culture with Scottish people and just kind of have a different type of experience I can't have at home so I really loved that 
that's it's a really lovely point because we we talk a lot about how to make friends as an international student and obviously that balance of sometimes it can be quite segregated as, you, as you've just said sometimes if all your classes if, if everything you're doing is already with other international students clubs are mm-hmm. a perfect way to meet right. your students and mingle and it's it's so nice to to blend the two definitely Yes. And additionally, we did have an international student association, which I did take part in as well. But the good thing about that was that they kind of helped us, you know, take baby steps into the different types of Scottish cultural events, such as a Kaylee. I don't know if you've ever taken part in one of those, but that was oh, such I? a blast. <laughs> oh, such a blast. I loved that. We had a little Burns night in a Kaylee, and it was just so much fun. Um, I also tried haggis with oh, the International Student Association. Yes, I'm vegetarian, so I had a vegetarian yeah, version, so I, I kind of cheated say, out. I'm yeah. a vegetarian as well. <laughs> right. So I cheated out a bit, so I, I don't know if I can give a, an encompassing review of it, but the kind Did I had like actually... Yes, I enjoyed it. It was very nice. And the, we had the haggis meats and toddies, you know, the whole, the whole shebang. And so that was really fun, too, to kind of get introduced into the different, you know, uh, cultural things that Scottish people kind of hold um, close to their heart and so yeah definitely I definitely had a lot of fun with that. I, lo- I love that you went to, to the Kayleys I just yes. find them the most fun it I was. Know, it's just it's the best night if, if, oh, if anyone listening has never blast. been to a Kaylee or heard of a Kaylee go, go you gotta go you gotta go <laughs> hear it from us Scottish dance really isn't it and yes it's, it's, what to do. Yeah, it takes a minute. It takes a minute, but that's the, the fun. The little bit of challenge you have and learning it is, is what makes it, I think, a lot of fun. Definitely. It sounds like you fully immersed yourself in all things Scottish, which is definitely yes. the way to do it. Definitely. Um, so it's interesting you mentioned about trying the veg- vegetarian haggis, or well, haggis or vegetarian haggis, yeah. <laughs> which way you're right. inclined. Because um, mm-hmm. that's obviously a very Scottish you know, Scottish thing, it's a staple, but that brings us on to more generally food and drink, because again, it's Mm -hmm. a big one for culture shock when you're somewhere new. Um, Did you have any other things that were a real surprise or you hadn't heard of? Yes, so this one, I fully embarrassed myself on this one here. Um, But first, before I go into it, when I say creamer, do you, do you know what, like, do you know what that is when I say creamer? Right, not cream, but creamer. Okay. And so I thought everyone knew this, right? Okay. So so I'm going in MS and I'm like, where is my French vanilla creamer? I can't find it on the shelf. Surely to goodness they have it. So I go up to, you know, find one of the workers at MS and I'm like, do you have any creamer? And he was like, sorry, creamer, you know, you can put it into your coffee, you know, that kind of thing. And he was like, no, we don't have that. And I was like, well, you know, everyone talks about M&S, but they don't have creamer. So I go on to Sainsbury's and I was like, surely they have creamer. Again, I check. They don't. I speak to a representative. They do not. And then I was like, okay, this must be something that just doesn't exist over here. So creamer is just kind of like milk, but it's a bit I don't know. It's, it's just a different, I guess, uh, family member to milk and you put it in coffee. And here, I mean, in the U.S., it's everywhere. It's in every grocery store. You can get it at the coffee shops. Um, and a lot of times it can be flavored like vanilla, caramel or something. I mean, it's incredibly bad for you, but something I say, it sounds really allow yummy. It. Yeah, <laughs> I allow it in my life because it makes me happy. So I definitely went around asking people about creamer when it just doesn't even exist over there. So that was a shock for me. And I had to learn to love 
a dash of milk instead of creamer when I was over there because oh. I, I just, yeah, I love a good cup of coffee with a little creamer in there. Um, oh. So that was something that shocked me because I'd just never known that that wasn't a worldwide thing. Okay, so another fairly obvious one, but one that we have to talk about is, of course, the British weather. Um, so are you from a hot part of the US or what, what was your culture shock experience with the weather? Right. So in Alabama, it's very humid. And if it gets cold, and to me, again, this is also relative. So I feel some people could roll their eyes at me saying this. But when it gets cold, it gets pretty cold. It might snow once a year, but not like a proper snow, maybe like throughout one day. And then the next day, it'll melt away. But in the summers, it is terribly hot like I am always in a irritable mood because I am much more a fan of the cold weather so Scotland was right up my alley although I never experienced that kind of cold I was not prepared I did not bring the right clothes or shoes or coats so I definitely had to kind of gear up once I got there and once I had experienced it but I definitely loved it um I would have to say though it does not rain as much as people say I am going to wow. go ahead and, and dismiss that myth. I did not feel that it rained that much. And if it did rain, it was so light. You kind of almost could go without an umbrella. Um, but maybe I just got lucky with my season being there. I do not know. Maybe you have a different opinion. But for me, it was just, it was, it was nothing like what I had expected. <laughs> That's so interesting. I was like, I mean, yeah, I suppose my reaction to it is, is partly experience, but also partly because it's just, again, it's one of those stereotypes maybe but one of those right. things that it's so known for I right. think more than just the amount of rain it's it's the you never have any warning like from mm. we don't really have we have se seasons definitely but within those seasons there's seasons <laughs> right right you can't guarantee like summer will be hot and dry like exactly get a bit of it all don't you um another great topic when it comes to culture shock is accents and dialects we have a lot of them in the UK, as you may have experienced. Um, and obviously there's the culture shock aspect of, as you started this um, by saying, trying to understand yes. the accents, um, <laughs> but also just the sheer number. I don't know if you have any firsthand experience of that. Right, yeah, no, definitely. So um, I just was reminded that when I first went to the UK, I flew into London. So I was trying to navigate the tube and I couldn't figure it out exactly. So I was asking one of the, the people that worked there how to get somewhere. And he was like, can you speak English, please? And I was like, okay, this is my accent being a problem in this moment. Oh, wow. So definitely, no matter where you go, somebody doesn't know what you're saying and you might not know what they're saying. So this is kind of a a normal thing, I guess. But yeah. once we got past the bus driver situation in Scotland, I then was, you know, kind of smooth sailing. I, I could understand what everybody was saying. But it was when I was in a group project, and it was all boys, all Scottish boys. And we were in a group chat. Now, it, it's the talking in person is fine. I can kind of make do I can fill in the gaps, maybe with some of the slang with context. But when it's messaging, and I, I, I just get lost some of the slang i just did not know what they were saying um so that was quite fun actually i kind of liked um learning the slang and, and different sayings though i don't know if i ever quite fully understood some of them um it was Do such you have a fun any favorites any highlights of sayings that you um, so you know of course like 
the, the typical everyone says cheers or you know if you're like if you're leaving even coming in or kind of like as a thank you it's a very universal um word i would say as far as how mm -hmm. you can use it um what else a lot of oh i remember asking where the trash was and someone, and someone you know how you kind of like you kind of want to almost like compete with your words so i was like where's the trash and they're like the rubbish i was like yeah the trash and they're like oh the rubbish is over there <laughs> so get into so like funny. a back and forth yes i'm not yes, giving it's in all good fun yeah it's all good fun <laughs> so we're coming to the end of our episode now um olivia just so that you know what we like to do as we wrap up these episodes is our do's and don'ts so this is basically our top learnings from the topic that we've just discussed. So I'd love to hear your do's and don'ts when it comes to culture shock. Okay, so I think my do is let yourself feel silly because you will, there's going to be moments where you are like, oh my goodness, I feel so uncomfortable. I feel so out of my shell right now. But those moments are when you really find, like if you just kind of let go of all your inhibitions and you just kind of let yourself be in the moment and try new things and, you know, go with the flow, you'll have the best experiences when you let yourself do that. Um, and then my don't would be, don't let yourself get behind in school because I think being an international student, you know, there's so much going on all the time, always an opportunity to travel or, you know, hang out with new people. Um, and especially in my case, with having a lot more free time, if you will, uh, it's really easy to kind of forget why you're there because you're having so much fun. So, you know, just check in with yourself, kind of get used to setting a schedule for your school and just don't let yourself get behind. Great. So I think my do of the week is do join a club or a society if you feel that there's one you're interested in or even if you're not that interested in it i think it's yeah. such a good way to meet new people and as you said olivia a really good way to mix with home students and international students alike i think it's one of those easy ins that could solve a lot of your other problems especially if you're feeling a little bit lonely it's just nice to feel like you belong to something and mm -hmm. i think in turn that helps with that culture shock of feeling completely overwhelmed feeling you don't know anything or you don't know what you're doing it's just nice to have something i think routine as well it builds in a bit of routine and yeah. as you said with your hill walking <laughs> or what, what turned out to be mountaineering you just might discover something that you didn't even know you loved which i think yeah, it, it sounds like that kind of careers counselor thing to say, like join a club, join a society. <laughs> and I know how scary and daunting that is when you're new at university, mm -hmm. but it's definitely the best decision you can make in terms of mm -hmm. avoiding that really feeling lost and overwhelmed. Yes, yes, I definitely agree. Yeah. And my don't, I would say it sounds like an easy one and a broad one, but just don't don't be too scared. And I think that comes back to what you were saying as, you know, having an open mind, but don't be scared of the fact that if you do get on the bus and you don't know what someone's saying or you can't count your change. I think whenever we're somewhere new and foreign and scary, you feel like you're the only person doing stupid things. Right. And you're just not. We, we've all done no. it. Um, we've all felt completely out of our depth somewhere. And sometimes it might all get on top of you and it, it feels like people are looking at you like, well, how can you not understand this? But right. it, that's really not the case. We all know how that feels to be a fish out of water. So just don't be mm -hmm. afraid of that feeling. And as you said, you can turn that into a positive and they can become some of the best memories you have. 
Um, and they might give you material to be talking about it on a podcast one day. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. But yeah, that's so important though, like you said, to not be afraid of that feeling and to just keep going. You know, I think that's just something you'll constantly have when you are living abroad somewhere. So that is such an important point that you just said to just keep going, you know, don't be afraid of that feeling. And you are not the only one who is making mistakes. Even locals are sometimes, you know, it's a lot. Oh, I've lived here my whole life and I, I make mistakes all the time. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Easily done. Things are confusing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, I think that's about all we've got time for. I just want to say thank you, Olivia, so much for joining us. This has been brilliant. All of your tips and your firsthand experience. It's so great to hear from you. Um, and it's been a pleasure having you on. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been wonderful. And I'm a big fan of Great British Max. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, that's so nice to hear. <laughs> so thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in. We really hope we'll see you again next time for the next episode. We can't wait. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. GB.